0: Tuesday, everybody, welcome to Broken Shovel Homesteading for a Sustainable Future.
1: to date of release. Why are you laughing at me again? Last week you did the whole. The date of release is or all data is current to <laughs> Sunday, but then this time you're saying Tuesday. So, ha, ah, you did. You yeah. go back and forth. <laughs> I'm wildly inconsistent. I love you. date of release Great. is January
0: 30th. Date of recording is January 28th. <laughs> All information is current as of the 28th. And you know, if you're going to do this, I'm going to railroad here for a second, because uh, if there are like people around that secretly listen to this podcast that I know, I want to share that the Versher Artisan and Farmer's Market is fully official I am starting a farmer's market. One of probably one of the more difficult things to do in Vermont, but doing it. 519 through 915 27 Versher Center Road. I'm super excited. You're gonna hear a lot more about it. We've got vendors signing up, we've got musicians signing up. I have worked with a select board and an existing not-for-profit town Vershire is is taking me under their umbrella to get this done. I'm I'm hyper excited on with the show now that yes, I would say that.
1: It's, I mean, it's, it's very much a field of dreams situation because there is always a demand for farmer's markets and the market build it, it and they will come you're well, thing. Yes. exactly yeah like and they, they all the the ones that quote like the south world's farmer's market which we talked about back over the summer and their their choices that made it fail and what's probably going to make yours a success is like they, they went to a Friday market, which put them in direct competition with a very right. well-established market, whereas you're going to Sundays where there is nothing in yeah. regard to markets.
0: Yep. And, and even like, uh, you know, but there are farm stands around, but, you know, that, that is a reliable, and I encourage people to continue to go to those. You're going to find things at those farm stands, on farms that you might not find at the market. But this is an opportunity to support more, more than one company and farm and artists and musicians. And, and there's just so much more to a community event like this than there is to a farm stand. Yeah. And, you know, just, just the opportunity to do this with people and, and for people is, is just really exciting. But today, <laughs> not yeah. 519, I'll do a whole episode on, on the farmers markets at some point. We should do that. We just, yeah, we should. So today we are talking about the sort of de-evolution of the pickup truck. I'm going to call this yeah. the the slow death of the small pickup truck. The Ford Rangers, the the Datsun B210 is a favorite yeah, the, of mine. The, the
1: Jeep, the Mitsubishi, the, yeah. the old tiny Toyota, the. F- mm-hmm. Or the We already said S10, but like the, the Colorado, like the, my truck, my Colorado truck actually used to be sized closer to the old, old Ranger size. And I like that you use the slow death because this slow death has been actually going on since the uh, since the 70s and the 80s.
0: Yes. Yes, it has. And and we seem to be at a crossroads now of opportunity, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that. Yes. Yeah. So. These days, of the small pickup are fading very fast. The once in the U.S. Private, I would say in, in the, the U.S. US. Yes, we Europe,
1: were, we, Europe, Asia.
0: They uh, love the small else, truck.
1: They love the small. Not even just the small truck. The tiny truck, like the mini yeah. trucks.
0: Yes. Yeah. Not made to to you know, haul an eighteen wheeler. Not made to uh, haul an
1: eighteen wheeler. Not made to 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 go seventy five while well, hauling said eighteen wheeler.
0: So the once thriving market in the U.S. for small pickups has shrunk to a shadow of its former self, leaving behind a landscape dominated by behemoth, full-size trucks that guzzle gas like there's no tomorrow. And we're going to talk about what drove that shift. And we're going to start with the scapegoat, most often used by manufacturers. And we're going to start with the EPA. And, and fuel yeah. economy
1: the it's, it's, <laughs> so it's the calf regulations or cafe sorry cafe regulations yes which the corporate average f- fuel economy regulations is the one that all the auto auto manufacturers and the term i like to use car brains point to as to what killed the the small the small small truck industry because we're currently seeing a resurgence in the quote unquote small truck industry, but it's really they're really <laughs> mid-sized trucks because the the new ranger is the same size as a 2000s model F one fifty. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they do just keep getting bigger and bigger and, uh, well, over the last twenty that. years. So yeah, so the the larger trucks have improved their mileage. That is true. Mm-hmm but apparently small trucks struggled to meet these targets that were put forth by the EPA and it put manufacturers in a situation where it was becoming more expensive to make a small truck. And now we, they, they just go with the big truck where they can fit in equipment, I guess, to help with emissions. Uh, you know, that was kind of my main question. I couldn't really find an answer to it. it.
1: They are getting more efficient, but, the, the fact the thing is is it's actually they're moving the goalpost that's
0: okay what I,
1: what I found is that, that yes they're basically it the numbers look the same that's only because the actual volume of the vehicle is getting larger so it's okay. like yeah you're still getting the same mileage out of or you're getting slightly better mileage but it's only looks better because the physical size of the vehicle is bigger and you're getting more horsepower out of that same mileage so it's like they just keep yeah they just they just keep moving the goalpost further and further away gotcha. without actually improving the mileage itself
0: okay well and that kind of brings if you know when we talk about this but the 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 bigger is better mentality that has been sold to Americans.
1: Yeah. And it's Um, the bigger and better in both the media and the ads advertising of the manufacturers. But I mean, I also look at like, look at how many actual physical cars are made now. There are not, there's not like the Chevy, the only one left on the Chevy market besides the, the, the Camaro, which is its own yeah, that's oh, not side even... Side thing, but is the Malibu. They've discontinued every other car. Same thing with Ford. Ford has discontinued everything except for the 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 Mustang. Yeah, the Mustang is the only car car left that Ford... Really? Made. Yep. I no did more, not. No more... I just, yeah. No more... And there's a number of other ones, but they've also like Mitsubishi's a great example, another great example. They shifted like the eclipse. The eclipse mm-hmm. used to be a great little little sporty car that was reasonably priced. In twenty eighteen, they did a quote unquote redesign, and now the eclipse is a crossover. No okay. kidding. So like, yeah, the, the auto manufacturers have actually in America stopped making cars because it is harder to meet a fish fuel efficiency standards with a, with a car than it is with a crossover or an SUV who have, that have much basically They got loopholes written into the regulations that allow them to make big SUVs and et cetera, that over making cars,
0: Okay, so let's let's talk about the mentality of the American first, real, real quick. And this bigger is better. It's the thinking, right? So full size trucks. These are these are selling points for a full size truck. Not that I endorse them. More power, towing capacity, leather seats, built in coolers. Now they have staircases that go up the back of them.
1: What is it? The 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 or the GMC, like the 16 multi function tailgate stuff. And it's safety. That's the the, the article. A lot of the articles I read said that it is easier to get safety features into the bigger vehicles than it is to get into the smaller vehicles.
0: Mm. Yeah, and you're more likely to even still attract you know people who are older or have some mobility issues to get a large truck if you have ways of using it. Uh, like putting a staircase on it (laughs) so it it created this weird price paradox right so you know pushing larger models like this that the the dealers and manufacturers are offering all these discounts and toyota thon and all that crap i personally don't celebrate toyota thon but some people take it very seriously. I
1: actually I have a, I have one number actually on that one. So the difference so the call the, the bare bones out of the factory no bells and whistles whatsoever Chevy Colorado with the V6 engine starts out at 25k for, from Chevy. The Silverado, which is a much larger vehicle, same exact engine, same same but with bigger body, bigger cab, bigger bed and all that. Is starts out at 27 K huh. a 2 K difference. And, and that's the thing is like with the, the American brain is that, Oh my God, for $2,000, I get that much more truck. Right. Well, that brings me to my point. Why buy compact
0: when you can buy King size and, yeah. you know, and that's, you know we see it in the candy aisle now or at the grocery the line.
1: aisle TVs TVs are a great example of this
0: yeah the technology is so much better on a television that you don't necessarily need a bigger television you nope, know no nope. uh, i mean
1: if i can buy a a 72 inch for For seven hundred dollars now, actually, I think my current one I got for six hundred. I walked through Walmart
0: recently. It was just flabbergasted at how inexpensive the TVs are.
1: Yeah, and Uh, they're huge. That's the thing; they're 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 inexpensive and huge.
0: Yeah, and practically disposable at this point, right now. So, just wait until that comes back to bite us in the ass. yeah so yeah so now the days of the small pickup being the default choice for weekend warriors and practical practices Ooh. is gone SUVs yep. and crossovers captured that market yep similar cargo space better fuel economy and passenger comfort right so so the small pickup truck turned into the SUV and the big pickup truck
1: yep yeah and i want to like so then another another car that i i pointed out that the the so the Ranger is one that I, that has come back from retirement, mm-hmm. but it's about the the new Rangers is about a f- like across the board averages out is five percent bigger. So when he was retired in twelve, brought back in nineteen, and it's, yeah, the new one is about is about five percent bigger across the board. No kidding. Yep. <laughs> And yeah, and then a lot of and a lot of the articles are the the articles that I read saw that like the that the death knells really started back in the 70s and 80s when the quote unquote chicken tax was enacted, which is a very high import tax that was placed on vehicles coming from overseas, which is at which point we saw the Jeeps, less of the Jeeps, less of the Mitsubishi's, less of the Toyotas, because manufacturers, they don't like having, they don't like building factories if they don't have to. Right. So they made these, they made these smaller trucks in Asia or Europe, and then would import them to the United States. But then when the chicken tax was enacted, they they stopped being able to import them, but then also didn't want to repurpose or build their factories to make those vehicles here because they're like, well, why are we going to have two factories building the same vehicle?
0: Right, yeah, and and that's why we still one of the major contributing factors to why we still see these practical trucks overseas, and and you and I had a great time this morning, sort of sending, uh, talking about some of these mini trucks and and work trucks and things, and yeah,
1: which, yeah, which the auto ma- that's an auto manufacturers lobbied to make those vehicles illegal on the road. Mo- there are states that actually have laws on the books that you cannot you cannot have those on the roads. Vermont is not one of those states. You can register them as an off-road vehicle in Vermont and run them on any any roads in the state. Yeah.
0: Yep. And I'm I'm going to start putting some money in my piggy bank for one. I think I think this is yeah, a, no, no, a big life very, goal.
1: Even imported from overseas with this 25% import tax, there's still like when you're the the they're only 10k 10k coming over so oh my god another two thousand five hundred dollars on the price on this import and you're
0: still saving ten
1: thousand ten twenty thousand dollars
0: yeah yeah it's it's cuckoo bananas
1: and they Uh, they are very fuel efficient i saw a lot of the ones the newer ones are 27 to 35 miles to the gallon
0: yeah and come on it's the perfect vehicle for a farmer's market it's it really it's like I mean, it's the dream you would fold down the side pull
1: everything off yeah because you can get <laughs> the, the what is it the Dahatsu the, the van one yeah is real chill like yeah. for that for that kind of purpose and I mean I we said the fire truck the fire truck looks really good cool. yeah they have one that actually has a the cargo actually S- on with the, the scissor lift, lift. yes,
0: yes. Yes Dan me mag we're yes. looking at that one super cool <laughs> yeah
1: they're they're really cool they they mainly come from uh Japan and China right now mm-hmm. um Dahatsu Mitsubishi are uh two of the big manufacturers of them yep, and they're very reasonably priced like even like the the new twenty twenty three models like fully decked out ones with like heaters, comfortable seats, and all that twenty two thousand
0: yeah it's amazing. It's amazing.
1: Do you it's want to talk those, about? Yeah.
0: Do you want to talk about that Toyota, or do you want to talk some more numbers here?
1: Uh, we, no, yeah, let's talk about the Toyota that I—that's never going to come to America. That's really cool because <laughs> it's—it's a step above the Mini truck. It's actually a small truck, but it's mo- like so modular. Like, like yeah. I read about that. I'm like, wait, I can get this feature or this feature. Like it, it's actually yeah. like it's like the old Ranger, where it's like, yeah. Out of the factory, like it's got nothing. It's got a stick shift and an odometer, and that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. So we're, what we're talking about here is the Toyota IMV Zero. Is that a zero? Oh, yeah, I think it's a zero. Which is IMV out, Zero.
1: Yep. Which is the what the the their next step after the the Helix or he, Helia? What is that one? The one they were they I talked look about in the it, article.
0: That. I didn't look too much into it, and and I'm gonna kind of cherry pick some info from this article, which is on roadtrack.com, and this article is written by uh, Mike Austin, published back in November. And I, this, I I love this opening line: no screens, no radio, heck, it doesn't even have a tachometer.
1: <laughs> so hey, that's my right off the bat. I mean, my right, my Ranger does have a ta- tachometer, but yeah, my Ranger, like my. Now my, my 97 Ranger is like that. It is, it is a, there was, there was no radio. There was, there's no power anything like mm. hand crank windows. There's no power steering. Yep.
0: Yeah. Another quote from this article The IMV Zero was developed in Thailand, a country so mad for pickups that they made up almost half of new vehicle sales. Toyota sold 145,435 Helix there in Hilux, maybe in 2022, Hilux, yeah. which was about 17% of the total market. And it was. Yeah, I, uh,
1: I want to quickly jump in. So this actually goes like the demand. Is like, so the auto manufacturers in the United States are claiming that, oh, the demand on these and the sales aren't as good. But then they actually bring the Maverick, like Ford Brake brought Maverick onto the market, which is sized like a small pickup again. Yeah. And they cannot keep up with demand. Last year they sold 50,000 of these and just they cannot keep up with making these, but they're still sitting there going, claiming the woe is us. We, can, we, there's no demand for these. And it's like, yeah. and then of course the article I'm reading actually says is that, yeah, so they, they put this truck on the market and there's a demand for a small fa like a small pickup from, for small use. And it's just like, Like you literally, like in the headline, it sounds like that the demand is not there, but then your first line says that they put it on the market and the demand was there. Oh yeah, go back. Yes, go back to this because I like your your Toyota.
0: Yeah. So, like you were saying, it's it's got a huge amount of versatility and adaptability and customization options, and so the this is what I want to talk about the price real quick. It's ten thousand dollars for the base model. Okay. Yeah. It, I don't even think the base, model. it doesn't even have a bed on it. <laughs> well, it, it certainly doesn't have power windows or door locks. And and I mean, power door locks yep. or cruise control. It doesn't have any trim. <laughs> the no. instrument cl- cluster dial that would normally show RPM is just a big blank circle. doesn't have a shift light. And now, and the, 2024 Corolla starts at twenty two thousand nine hundred ninety five. So, and I really encourage you to look this thing up. Now, it will be sold in Mexico, and it's you know the hopes of Toyota. I think secretly is that they find an audience in the United States, but it's there's so many. Things in the way, like this 25% chicken tax that uh, makes the, it
1: uh, EPA regulations. Cause the, the less you meet the EPA and the NIST, the NIST's safety regulations, that's another factor is the safety regulations as well. Yeah. That we, we didn't mention as much, but yeah, the, the uh, that you actually, the, you keep adding, adding up more and more fees onto it that it just becomes impossible to import because the, the fees kill it well and, and and i call this the the amazoning
0: of our culture too if you order this vehicle and you're willing to pay the chicken tax well guess what you're going to wait a very long time this thing is going to be on, on a literal slow boat from china it is going to move it you know you're going to have spent all this money and be waiting weeks, if not months for this to, to arrive. I was looking at some curved roofing panels for a project we want to do this year. And I'd have to order them from England mostly. And it was like the shipping times was like, well, I'll just find another way. So, and it's not even, that's not me being Amazon. That's, that's, that's just, well, I'm not going to wait.
1: Also. Yeah. Like there's, We do, we try not to get, or we do, we do get really political on here, but we try not to hit certain, we, we try to avoid certain topics, but like the, the whole, that everything's not getting to us as fast right now, like, like things have been shipping longer in general for a while, but right now they're using the whole Red Sea situation as their, their, their current excuse as why things are taking longer.
0: Yeah. Yes. But you can go to Mexico,
1: spend a weekend in Mexico and drive back a truck if you're willing to pay the tax. Exactly. Or, but I mean, shoot, there's, there, we, we've been going back to the mini trucks. Like there's places in America that like, what is it? Like mini Yeah. Like you go on there and can get You can go buy one right now. You'll yep. pay probably about a little bit about, about $10,000 for it and you could go to drive and pick it up. And then good luck getting it across state lines because there's actually like you can't bring it on the interstate. So they actually like I think (laughs) one of the things they actually say you have to have a flatbed to bring it back to where you're going. There
0: were some delivery options on some of those websites. So there were, there were,
1: which is basically put it on a flatbed and drive it up here. Yes. So now the the this the IMV0
0: is small. I want to make that clear. It's two feet shorter than a Tacoma. And 10 inches more narrow and 10 inches lower. So it's, it doesn't feel
1: small from the driver's seat, they say, but the engine is 137 horsepower. Who needs more than that? Like that's that's another thing I does dislike is like the horsepower jump in vehicles because like going back to that uh, that the the twelve ranger to the nineteen ranger the twelve ranger like that that V four engine the two point what was it, the two point one liter engine they had in there like this baby little engine that got got had only had like 150 horsepower to it whereas like the new ranger like out of the door has 250 to 300 horsepower right okay well and
0: you know i think this is a good jumping off point we didn't really talk about this before but getting a vehicle that actually meets your needs and not is not a vanity vehicle you and i have both purchased Recently, new vehicles. I, I've gotten a used vehicle. I think yours was used as well.
1: Mine was. Uh, yeah, mine, was ba- mine was barely used. <laughs> yeah, and I,
0: you know, parts of the choices of of what we made were because of a where I live, b what we do, and c it's a great vehicle. And my mechanic said I'd be an idiot not to buy it. So we we're buying a Forerunner, which has. Tremendous amount of towing power, four wheel drive for mud season and and bad snow and all of those things, and it's really a lot more vehicle than either of us have ever had before. You know, we've never really made that jump. We sort of made do with smaller things like a midsize SUV and a small pickup, but now you know we've got we're doing one vehicle and we want one vehicle that's going to be able to do everything. So you know, I want to be able to tow five thousand pounds if I have to. You know, I want to be able to go pick up my own firewood if I'm not able to produce at home. You know, that kind of stuff. And so the vehicle yeah, the choice is tractor,
1: based. like, makes that need a little higher. Because, like, if you want to get the tractor worked on, you really right. need to be able to get it somewhere. And God yeah. forbid, a Trottier's to come get, bring their flatbread to take oh, it out. Oh, my
0: goodness. Yeah.
1: yeah. They they yeah. charge so much to get, like, their stuff is, like, better. Like, if there's any other way to get, like, I love Trottier's. They're great. But no, they're not. They do good. I mean, back in the day when I had it, when I had back John in the day here. yeah, before they got purchased by this, by the bigger company. Right. And yeah, now what they- was the the local place we're talking, I'm talking about this place on day uh, up on Dairy Hill in South Royalton. Yeah. Right? For the, for those listening that like, they used to be a very local owned. We, my mom bought her for like three mowers from them. And then, but finally just got to the point where they weren't as good anymore. And yeah, we, now we have a cup cadet. <laughs> Yeah. well
0: and it's you know i've stopped going there basically because you know if you're just looking for a spring they're not even gonna try they're they're unless you're buying you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of things at this point they're just not interested in you
1: and they have it so that's the worst part mm-hmm. is like they have it like i've seen their inventory warehouse it is Oh my I, I love going to, I don't know with something about being someone who's worked on engines and stuff to go into those parts warehouses and just be like just aisles and aisles of pieces of things <laughs> just like I just like oh so fun and nice uh,
0: That reminds me I've got something I got to tell you that's ex- happening in verseur which isn't quite formed yet but I'll tell you oh, after the okay. show Yeah so <sighs> You know, I lived in the Bay Area, and you'd see these huge Humvees and and gigantic monster trucks. And I'm thinking, like, why do you need that?
1: Which you also know? I find super ironic because one of the first manufacturers that really start they completely switched over their fleet, Hummer. Yeah, not the military side, their no. civilian side. They have ne- they are all all uh, EVs. Yeah. I don't think they make a gas. I I don't believe they make a gas civilian anymore. We should look that up right quick.
0: Yeah. And and while we're talking about EVs, I'm just going to sort of talk about the glimmer of hope while you look that up. The future of the classic small pickup. A potential lifesaver for for this style of vehicle could be electric vehicles. Smaller electric tr- trucks could offer the perfect blend of efficiency, maneuverability, and sustainable transport. Manufacturers like Ford and Rivian are sort of getting it, getting their toes wet on this with some, you know, pretty decent first attempts. I think, you know, but it's first gen. It's going to take a little while. Yeah. Now, if it will actually revive it is to, is to be seen.
1: Yeah. And like, I, I unfortunately see car manufacturers currently trying these same tactics that they use to kill the small truck industry on EVs. Cause Despite all the, so the 2020 production goals, Toyota, Ford, Chevy, Tesla, all of them set these great goals based on these state recommendations of we want to convert our fleets to, to EVs by 2030 to where there are no gas sales by 2030. Well, they, so first the media, continues to push this narrative that the ev batteries aren't as good the range isn't great what if you get stranded out in the middle of nowhere without their charging station oh there's not enough charging stations oh but it takes too long to charge up so first you get this mindset of like they're you're you're going to get stranded out in the middle of nowhere without a charge mm-hmm. and then they price them significantly higher than the gas equivalent and then, and now they're claiming so Toyota, ford chevy tesla have all rolled back their production goals claiming that oh well sales weren't as good as we we thought they would be so we're gonna roll back the goals we had for converting to ev and it's like you literally shot yourself in the foot on this and now you're claiming that oh not as good so we're we're gonna just gotta do away with it yeah I mean they're not doing away with it they're just they're very much ramping down the speed at which they were converting yeah yeah which it's, a, it's answer, a strange confirmation
0: the... by bias like it's
1: yeah it's very, very much so. It, it very much like yeah they just they, they they're self-sabotaging the ev industry for the sake of oil of gas maintaining the combustion engine which is also like there, I mean, the combustion engine hasn't had any real innovation since the 30s. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, the catalytic converter is about it, right? Yeah, about um, it. But the thing is, like, a 32 percent of it's 32 percent efficient. Like, even though, like, yeah, they're getting better mileage, the combustion itself is only 32 percent efficient. And it's like, imagine if they would actually focused on in increasing the efficiency of the combustion itself Mm -hmm. rather than just making all of these bells and whistles added onto the engine to get the maximum out of that 32%. All
0: right. Well, let's, let's real quick. Let's just preview next week's episode. And then we'll talk about what's going on at home and some really fun stuff that's coming up. So next week we're going to talk about solar in Vermont and, and what it, what it's, I, you know, I, the way I'm looking at this episode is, you know, history, where we're at now and future, what are the impacts, land being used, etc. And just sort of take a take a focus look at Vermont. We can probably compare a couple of statistics for reference point, but I think I'd like to this to be a very Vermont-centered episode. Yeah,
1: I, I think we can make that look like the – the. I, I really want – I. I... One thing I'm going to definitely talk about is that the the Public service Commission pandering to the electric companies in regards to these solar projects, yeah, and the changes made to the programs to favor them over having residential panels
0: right. well, oh, that's what that is. Yeah, so let's we're going to talk solar. We're going to, it's going to it's we're running we're heading into February. It's it's getting bleak here in Vermont, so let's talk about some sunshine. Yeah, anything fun going on at Project Wise for you? Have you started on the basement project yet?
1: No, I keep cutting it off. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm really badly burnt out with life right now. I'm just yeah. like, I'm just meandering through. I'm getting the basics done. I'm keeping the house tidy, getting my crap done at work. But yeah, outside of that, I'm just kind of like, I need to. I just don't have the motivation to.
0: Well, and winter is hard. And, and you know, is we should hard. talk about this at some point because it really does <sighs> – it 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 infects you it in so many in so many ways physically mentally emotionally it is a tough tough thing to to go through and you know i have to take handfuls of vitamin d every day just to just to get out of bed sometimes yep. so
1: <laughs> yeah you know. my mom's been giving me crap because I keep not fixing the snowblower blower and the well, it's gonna keep getting worse like, I can handle shoveling by hand like I just I just don't shovel like I just don't do the whole driveway I, I don't use my whole driveway yeah in the winter anyway so I only do the spot where the truck comes out and then I do the paths for the dog by just stomp 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 yeah and it's like that's a great workout for my legs because it's like it's it's Like, yeah, even stomping through snow, like my quads feel it afterward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we go for hikes every day. And even if it's just on the road heading uh, out down the class four, it's, it is a struggle. And it might only be a few inches. But it you know, it adds to the the heart rate. Resistance. For sure. It's
1: like it's like having resistance bands.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your boots are heavier and you know, and you're you're actually, if it's slippery conditions, you're actually engaging different muscle groups in your legs to try to maintain balance. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah, I think I've made my big announcement here with the with the Vershire Artisan and Farmers Market coming up. I am just over the moon excited. I am nuclear powered at this point. I cannot, I cannot slow down.
1: <laughs> yeah, my big thing is I, I deployed the Bradford Hub. Oh, yeah. very
0: exciting. I got to go yeah, there work today. Wise,
1: work wise, with Jeff, yeah, you uh, if you live in the Bradford Fairley area, sign up for EC Fiber. There you go. Because I want yep. my job. I want my job in twenty twenty six. And oh, the other cool
0: thing—we're finally messing with some of our dye plants.
1: Ooh, nice. Yeah. I know you, you you did all the the you did a lot of growing for that over the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you kind of like because you were going to make those those Etsy dye packs. Yeah, and it's still on the horizon,
0: but it's it's such a you just need so much. You
1: need and, so much, and it's a, probably a lot of work because you're grinding up all the. All the stuff, having to boil stuff certain ways and all yep. the, the and processing you to, and
0: Yeah, you have to wait a really long time. You know, we're working with dry plants from this summer. Today Meg busted out the weld and so it was pretty cool. So she you know, to mordant it, which is to treat the fabric in such a way that the dye is going to stay. The fabric is gonna take the dye. She had to boil it in alum, which was, you know, gross smelling and feeling we'll be doing it outdoors from now on and then we dried that and waited and then today you know i'm sorry yesterday she she ground up and processed all of the weld then it, that soaked in water overnight and then she had to boil it for an hour and then we started dipping the fabric and i this weld on cotton i'll send you a picture highlighter yellow I mean, it is so yellow. So we'll be probably redoing it, putting putting this yellow fabric into an indigo dye, or the other the other plant that produces blue, but and is a better plant to grow here is weld or woad woad. We're used weld today. Woad w o a d, and that produces a blue. And as we know, yellow and blue makes green. Green. So and it should make like a Robin hood green.
1: Yeah. We should do a talk about the dyes and stuff in natural dyes. Cause like how, how blue is such a hard color. Mm -hmm. So it's yellow. Yellow yellow is too, but yeah, but blue doesn't like, I mean, I always like to tell tell people, I learned this from fireworks. The reason you don't see a lot of blue fireworks is because there's a lot, not a many chemical or metallic, Mm-hmm. That burned create that blue color. And then it's like like I when I learned about this, they said go outside and really take a look at what is blue in nature, and there's not Nothing. a lot of blue yeah. unless you're actually artificially placing it. But I mean, you have purples, you have reds, you have yellows, you have oranges, but blues not so much. Not so much. You'll get them in
0: cobalt and things like that, but for the most part, no which I don't know if I've ever said this to you, and I'm going to say this out loud on the show as ridiculous as it sounds. How come more animals haven't evolved to be green? Okay. Like we have these green forests and everything else. How come we don't have a green Fox? I don't know. I just, it bought, it came to me one day. It may, it may have been an edible
1: involved. That's, it's, that's like my buddy, my like I remember driving, driving back from a festival. It like we, we stayed too long at a festival. Like, we did the first night of this festival, did the se- second day, but then waited way too late in the day to decide to leave, because it was just, like... It was an October festival, and mm-hmm. it was one of those cold Octobers, so it's like, yeah, at night, it got below freezing in October, and it was miserable. Like, yeah. even even tripping balls. Like, it's like, you no, know, <laughs> I'm not happy right now. So we left, but I remember driving back, and we're just kind of driving back, and we're just talking randomly about, like, how... Humans are our eyes are designed for low light, but yes. we we spoil them by produce by by literally oversaturating our night with light. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we being high, high and driving and looking at the stars <laughs> and just like man, like, you realize that we do like like with high beams and driving at night. Like we'd actually be better off with with not having lights and relying on our natural natural low light taking in, but because of car brain and stuff we actually have to have bright flashy lights and light everything up like the daytime
0: yeah you know, and and this reminds me blue eyes actually see better at night um, so. well I no. think that's it I think we we that is the that is a firm meander and and if you are person who listens to the show and doesn't have to talk to me every day about it please look up the Vershire market pretty much google versure market and it's going to start coming up but yes it is the Vershire artisan and farmers market we are looking for vendors volunteers for my committee because i can't do this all by myself and of course musicians you can email versure market at gmail Don't forget about Broken Shovel, though. Google Broken Shovel 802, and you can email the show at Broken Shovel 802 at Gmail. And I think this show is going to start getting longer and longer the more projects I take on. So, (laughs) but yeah, great times. And as always, thank you, Eric. Very informative. Yes.